come with us. When you wish upon a star. Come and remember the magic. What's up, all you rad dudes and dudettes? Welcome to 90s Disney, your podcast for everything about Disney in the 90s. I'm your host, AJ Minotti, joined by my brothers, Mike Minotti. Hello. And Chris Minotti. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Guys. Happy birthday to us! Oh, oh wow. yes, I was like, whose birthday? Can we yes. drink yet? Yes! <laughs> oh, <laughs> in podcast years, we've been 21 since the day we started. <laughs> oh, my. I, to drink say, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is our second anniversary. Can you believe it? Thank you so much to everyone who's listened and participated with the show. Uh, yes. Mm, oh, I have a button you. for that. Oh, yay. <laughs> yes, yes. Can we bust out the, the champagne that Michael Eisner sent us? We're going to save that, Mike. Oh, we'll save that for, for our tenure. Yeah, oh, tenure. Exactly. Oh, tenure. Exactly. exactly. It'll, what's it peaking? <laughs> uh, in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> that's not good. All right. That, he had it left over from the opening of Euro Disney. <laughs> oh, that's bad. That's bad juju. Yeah, right. But anyway, for real, uh, you know, we, we started this podcast just as something fun that we were passionate about, and uh, we've created a pretty fun, nice little community going on here. So, again, thank you. So much everyone has been listening to us and going back and checking out the old episodes and sticking around for the future ones. We do this for you. Yes, so, thank you. To celebrate, we decided to go into one of our most favorite, most 90 topics of them all. Chris, what is it this month? It is Disney Quest. Man, yep, this is, this is a good one. This one we almost hold off on because we like it so much and there's so much to it. It was almost a little daunting. Yes. Well, this is something, too, that we've done a lot. And almost every trip for a few years. We loved it. We, yeah, we know well, a lot about it. And for, you know, until it closed, it pretty much was what it was in the 90s. So Yeah, right. It's a nice little time capsule. Yeah, there's not too much. It's like, oh, when did this change or that change? Ne- not, never. No, never not, did. Not, never, not never, much. never. But yeah, so, and uh, Chris is leading this one, but yeah, can so I help that a little fun. bit? Yeah, we're going to ha- kind of all participate in this here. So we're going to chip in a bit, but I guess, you know. We get started, Chris. You want to take us back to uh, get us in the mood for the time frame here? Yes, yes, the mood. This is <laughs> June, sorry, June 1998, uh, June 19th to be precise, it opens. So in June, June 5th, one of my favorite movies to this day was released, The Truman Show. In case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. <laughs> so good. I can think of so many <laughs> quotes that just popped in my head. Do you see this deleted scene from that movie that's been making the rounds? Not to go into complete tangent. No. What's talking about um, Truman having a kid and how they're going to have two shows and no, the dark joke of so when Truman dies, we're back to one show and yeah. Oh geez. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I missed that one. So um, my wife would like this. Uh, June sixth, the Sex in the City premieres. A little exciting. I think it's just sex and the city. I don't think it's the sex <laughs> the and the city. <laughs> the singular. Oh, my apologies. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let's o- move old on. man over here. <laughs> I, I will say as a kid, like when the show's out, I just like, what is going on in that show? <laughs> it has a naughty word in it. <laughs> what could it be? <laughs> Seriously. It's on at prime time? If you had told me it was like a basically adult films, I would have believed you. Yeah. I was a kid. I it's on HBO. All right, next. <laughs> Uh, the Bulls beat Utah Jazz, making Michael Jordan's sixth um, title win. 
third consecutively, which is kind of interesting. Oh, nice. And this one was kind of, I thought, kind of neat for us. On June 30th, the Sega channel shut down. No! <laughs> Man, we wanted that so bad, and they just never but, offered what? it in Youngstown. Uh, guys, so I think we might have to assume that our this audience doesn't know what a Sega, Sega so channel is. So the Sega channel is. was... It was an early form of cable internet before it became too ubiquitous, it was like but you the first. It was like it was a cartridge you put in your Sega Genesis, and the way it worked, it was it was interesting. It beamed games to the system over cable, but it literally like it was literally like a channel rotation. So if you wanted to play Mega Man: The Wily Wars, you had to wait until it came up on the rotation to download it. Like it wasn't quite on demand. You just had to catch that data stream to download the file right. temporarily. Huh? I wonder why it failed. <laughs> Oh, it was early technology. And, a theme of this episode. There, there is a Sega, or I mean, there's a Disney connection here because they had a demo station for the Sega channel at Interventions mm-hmm. for a while. So, hey. Is and, that with the big Sonic statue that yep, was there? Right around there. The funny thing is, Mega Man The Wily Wars, which I mentioned, finally got like a proper release with the Sega Genesis Classic. And now that you, you ordered it, they're doing an actual physical right. release of I it won't for say the how Genesis. much it costs because it was <laughs> quite a bit, but I'm getting it. All right. All well, right. this is an episode about Disney Quest, not the Sega channel. Someday. Someday. That's a different podcast. There's a tangential connection. Well, we do want to do that. I do want to do like interventions and like focus heavily on that Sega. It's probably the third anniversary show, to be honest. Well, speaking of video games and us being kids in the 90s, what do you think was one of our favorite things kind of growing up that we were able to go to to get sort of like a theme parky kind of out of this world experience for us? Jillian's, that's right. I got it. Right like answer. An ar- arcade kind of feel. Yeah, and th- that that was like a variation of Dave and Buster's. Yeah, yeah, Jillian's. Think Dave and Buster's. Well, so, or uh, GameWorks. Yeah. So Disney was kind of like, you know what? This is a good market here that we kind of need to get involved in. We want to bring theme parks to everybody, people who can't travel to Florida, who can't travel to California, get this ex- experience out to everybody. So they were looking to, to do this, um, bring this experience out. Because adding a theme park, I mean, there was cost, there's labor, and and just the, the, land. land. Land was the big one. Plus, you know, if you want to open a theme park in, like, the Midwest, you're going to have to deal with inclement weather and mm-hmm. cold seasons yep. and closings. and any. Or, you know, angry uh, locals, like with Disney's America, would kind of yes, happen. Yes. So, so by doing this, you know, in, like, a bigger city, you have smaller spaces that, you know, we're going to get to here. But so Disney wanted to do this. They created something called the Disney Regional Entertainment. Uh, which was founded in 1996 to explore ideas to bring the Disney experience nationwide. Just like a new division in the company, like Imagineering or like like you know the home media company. Yep, yep. So they wanted to bring these out to metropolitan and, and suburban areas. Um, Michael Eisner he selected Art Levitt to lead. Uh, Art Levitt, just a little bit about him. He was previously the president and CEO of Hard Rock Cafe. So he kind of had some experience with these theme yeah. like areas Locations, that could pop up. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, I mean, this is all that heavy theming was all over the place with Hard Rock Cafe and Planet Hollywood mm-hmm. and Rainforest. What, what Cafe. was um, Steven Spielberg's oh, The Die? Yes, the Die. That oh, was man, so a lot cool. of people. Yeah, people don't remember that. Probably, I think it was only one. It was There's in Vegas. Las Vegas. Vegas. Two. Okay, Vegas and Los Angeles. There's one in Las Vegas. And, yeah, they were really heavy into that, and Vegas was really heavy into being family-friendly all of a sudden. Yeah, there was so a lot of It was a submarine-themed, like, one of those. But it was Steven Spielberg's submarine-themed yes. <laughs> For some reason. So, so he was also then the president, the vice president of Walt Disney Resorts and Special Projects. He oversaw operations of Pleasure Island, uh, Disney Village Marketplace, the Disney Village Resort area, DVC, Disney Vacation Club, 
And what I thought was kind of cool is uh, Disney Boardwalk. Oh, so probably due to the entertainment com- uh, component of that resort. Exactly. And we'll get to this here in a sec, but but like the th- one of the other things that Disney Regional Entertainment, and I thought this is an interesting tangent, that they did was the ESPN Zone. So it makes sense that he was involved in Boardwalk and ESPN Zone, hence why right. there's right. one there. ESPN Club there, technically. Uh, oh, sorry. Excuse You're me. You're not forgiven. <laughs> then after <laughs> Disney, after Disney, you know, when things went south here, he became the CEO of Fandango from 2000 to 2006. Just one hit to another. There, <laughs> there you go. So... Disney Regional uh, Entertainment, their first big project that they landed on was something called Club Disney. And I had heard about this before. Um, we never went to one or, or anything. But they're almost like like daycares. Mm-hmm. Fancy daycares. Yeah, very fancy. This was kind of going after a little bit of the Chuck E. Cheese market, right? Even younger yeah, still. Because I think it was like like you left your kids there yeah. to watch them. Yeah, it was like it was an indoor like play center mostly for kids with some activities like Remember Mouser Size? They had something called called Poo Poo. I can't say Poo-robics. it. Poo-robics. Well, he does that in the one. He does his squats. Oh, yeah. His, yeah. What's he called him? His his something about yeah. being fat, like his fatness. <laughs> I can't remember it now. It's something. I feel like I'm failing as a Winnie the Pooh fan right now. But uh, they learn about the animation pro- process. They play musical instruments with the Aristocats. Wow. One of the few times they were probably. You featured. must learn your scales in your arpeggios. There you go. Uh, treasure searching with the Little Mermaid, um, things like that, and they would do other things like host, you know, birthday parties and and dance parties, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So <clears throat> they predicted at these <laughs> these Club Disney's uh, tens of thousands to attend, you know, around the time of opening, and they only a thousand showed up. So Oy. immediately it's like, okay, you know, maybe this isn't exactly what we're you know should be going for. There are plans set for over a hundred of these around the U.S. Uh, this one closed in 1999, due to fail those meet expectations immediately. But uh, there were five that opened total. Um, the first one was Westlake Promenade in Thousand Oaks, California. There was another one in California in West Covina. Uh, Arizona had one in Chandler. And uh, another one in Glendale. And then Colorado had one on Lone Tree. It's be kind of neat if anybody had ever been to one of those. If you got any pictures or something, yeah. I'd like to see those. Did your parents dump you at one? Yeah, <laughs> dump you yeah I wish we would have got dumped one for a day or something. Yeah, where's kinda the Youngstown neat. branch? All yeah, these what things? the heck? So that was an immediate success. You know, they shut those down. But uh, Disney Regional Entertainment, they continued kind of thinking of this idea of bringing the concept out to the rest of the, the U.S., uh, the one, like I said, was the ESPN zone. First one opened in Power Plant at Power Plant in the New Inner Harbor in Baltimore, uh, and I think that's still there to this day. Um, and next was the you know uh, well the one at Boardwalk, <clears throat> ESPN Club, ESPN Club, yes, <laughs> similar. Yep. So, so the development of all this kind of began. You know, they saw things like Dave and Buster's and. My personal favorite, GameWorks, which GameWorks we had great. one in Columbus. Yes. Yeah, GameWorks is awesome. Which is now like a little... Have you guys been there recently? It's like no. a Lego. Oh, really? Like an indoor Lego theme park. Oh, GameWorks has gone completely. Yeah. GameWorks, oh. GameWorks was even more arcade-focused. Like, Dave & Buster's had a pretty big restaurant and bar component, uh, and yeah. big ticket game component. GameWorks was very much like video game. Video well, they had games. that really neat, like, three-story, like... Attraction, yeah, it's like you're you're on like a little elevator vehicle and it would go up and down, yeah, like, giant like hot air balloons screen. or something. Yeah, involved. Yeah. Cool. I wouldn't do it, I was afraid. That's right, so you are a coward, yeah, <laughs> fair enough. So, Disney wanted to kind of take this idea, expand on it, and with virtual reality being the big, you know, fat at the time, 
use that as a big component um, for these, you know, little theme parks as well. These indoor themes. So this this early era of VR. If you've seen the movie The uh, First Kid, the Sinbad starring vehicle that Disney, I think Disney did that movie, right? Or did someone? I don't know who. I don't know who did. I shouldn't it. say that. I'm not sure who did. It, I don't know who did. It was it. a movie about Sinbad was a Secret Service agent protecting you know the president's son. Yes. And uh, he got lured to the mall by the bad guy, and he's playing this VR game. This was like. The first VR game that most people were talking like about. Like called Dinosaur Egg or something like yeah, that. Yeah, so it was, it was like a weird like like arena deathmatch shooter. But every so often a pterodactyl would fly down and pick off somebody. And uh, you just had a, like a joystick, like a, not joystick, but like a gun controller to shoot and aim. It had a walk button. And uh, that that was our first is taste that, of VR. We played it, I believe, in Toronto. Uh, oh, Toronto, no. it, it it was in a lot of malls. So I yeah. think it was at Toronto, and it was also at Las Vegas. At uh, one yeah, point. I remember yeah. playing it at the MGM yeah. in Las. It, Vegas. it was at a lot of big malls. So it was, wouldn't it be at like our Borman, Ohio mall? But as soon as you went to a city, they would have one right. of these VRs with stations. our Jillians, and yes. not Dave and Buster. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> first kid has a great uh, "Get down, Mr. President" moment. <laughs> get down, Mr. President's son. <laughs> and yet. Yeah, we'll talk about it more, but, um, well, we could talk a little bit. You want to talk about that now? The whole Imagineering Lab in Epcot, where they kind of first were exper- experimenting with VR. Yeah, so this was something that they had at Interventions in Epcot, and we did this. It was then pitched, because it wasn't quite part of Disney Quest yet. Like, like that idea this, wasn't This was in 1994. Yeah. yeah, so th- this was like, you know, when Disney was still thinking, like, we're going to build, like, actual theme park attractions utilizing VR. And what it was is you went inside and they had this kind of like, it was rigged to look like this futuristic work area. I mean, this is all just set dressing. In Interventions, yes. too, by the way. So this was the Interventions building that if you were standing underneath Spaceship Earth, it was the furthest building to the right, closest to Journey to Imagine. So completely demolished now. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Where Club Cool was, that same building. Uh, this was the hallway that smelled like gross bananas for years. I, I, I you I said that earlier. I don't remember That's the thing. That's the right, thing. That's all right. Fair enough. Um but anyways, yeah, so you go inside and there was a Disney Imagineer who explained this this development in VR that they were working on to create a virtual version of Agrabah. And it was very rudimentary explanation because, again, this is all brand new. This was, you know, this predated 3D graphics. And if it was 94, this predates yeah. Toy Story. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's explaining how they use silicon graphics computers, which is, is uh, you know, they manufactured, you know, 3D workstations, uh, you know, the initial chips that powered the Nintendo 64. Yes, they were a big company for 3D graphics mm-hmm. in the 90s. So, um... You know, they talk about how they use these to, you know, make 3D models and Yeah, they show the how they made the map in, in yeah. detail. Genie's lamp. And, Genie's and, lamp. And, and as part of the demonstration, four members of the audience were chosen to go up on a stage and actually play this VR experience. Thing oh, how badly did oh, you do this? Oh, so badly. I never did. And all the kids were so bad. <laughs> they, they were so like, bad. Right, for the one building with a giant blue roof yeah, they and found, go there. They finally just told you where to go. You were trying to find the scarab piece that Kazim the thief had. They would finally tell you, like, okay, you guys are taking too long. Go to the building with the blue dome, and they just like wouldn't do it. You could see them; they're you could see what they're looking at. Like, like they were live streaming, brown and view. tan. Yeah, it, it was very There's obvious. One yeah. color. It's um, so it's it's a it's a different experience from what would eventually be the uh, Aladdin experience. This one was very Iago focused. It was Iago focused. A little more open. Uh, you're just flying around Agra by looking for the scarab piece. Yes, yeah, the scarab thing at least holds on. And like I said, what was interesting about this is this was this predated the idea of Disney Quest, and it was just like they were developing, developing this as a theme park attraction. Mm-hmm. At least it's just like yeah, some intense R and D. Like he stuff. talked about like how they were like this is still a preview, but they were, it was far enough long they could show it, and well, they had been working on it for four years. Yeah, and they wanted four. to you know get. I it wonder where the they would have thought they would have put that if it was going in a theme park somewhere. 
I don't know. Probably something smaller, like like where Stitch is now. Yeah, maybe you know, it could have like just that. even been in Interventions as a full-blown yeah. concept. Well, I, I mean, know. but think about it, Like, you know, we talked about that there was going to be that Wreck-It Ralph ride going in where Stitch is. That probably would have been a VR sort of thing. There's not Right, but at anything. this point, they're already working on Alien Encounter. Yeah, so. but he just means like... No, no, I'm saying after the like fact. That. After after Alien Encounter. Wreck-It Ralph came... Like, yeah, no, I'm just... Oh, I thought you were saying that maybe they were going to put this where Alien Encounter. No, no, they oh, talked about that, sure. but then Mario Kart became a thing, and they kind of got... No, yeah, we're still not on the same page. I'm saying... I thought you were saying they were going to put the Aladdin thing in where... No, 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 Alien no. no. I'm, saying, I'm saying as an red. example of space, of where attraction like VR... But I'm, I'm just saying how the idea didn't die of putting a I VR see. attraction into the park. We're fighting into. now. Yes, we're done. I'm upset That's it. Two years, we're done. Finally. Chris... Solo show with Chris. But anyway, uh, there's a YouTube video that someone put up of uh, the, the the whole experience. We'll link to it in the show notes. So it's worth checking out. But it, it, it is funny to think like you really have to tell yourself like Donkey Kong Country and the Super Nintendo was like the pinnacle of graphics to that point, which is and also SG. Yeah, they they, 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 they did yeah. it as well. So so to see this virtual reality thing. I mean, back then it was this mythical technology that, like, you know, came from movies like a, a racer. What was the? You know, what was the lawnmower man? Yeah, <laughs> you know, like it was just you know, it was yeah. strong. It, it was still like, like the same headset that was like so heavy mm-hmm. and big that it was literally suspended. Well, you had that like cap that you wore. Yeah, yeah. you had like oh. little heads the thing you could tighten. Yeah, tight. and, it and like, it was, like tethered the to the front the... of it was like this giant extended visor, which well, kind of looked cool. They but... were still CRT displays. They, you know, we didn't have flat <laughs> panels so quite great. yet, you know, for yeah. that resolution and refresh rate. Oh, that's right. So that's what that was. That was just yeah, that was, that was like yeah, the, that was TV the TV working. Little TV. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. I, I have some details. We'll, we'll talk about later on about what those systems are actually like. They, they come up later in the show notes here, so we'll, we'll yeah. save it. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, so that, that's the kind of the development of the area. And now, you know, take us to, let's see, June 1998. We're coming up. We're excited, kids. We see this thing that it's is basically big. built for the yeah, movie. It stands Build. out. When you're driving on that road, uh, man, what's that road that goes by Disney Springs? Is that International Drive? I'm not. No. Some people are really good about knowing yeah, what all those roads name. are. I'm yeah, bad at that. I don't remember off the yes, top of my head. But you see, you see that big blue building. In, mm-hmm. Like the one side of it has like the dinosaur breaking through the side. Five floors of interactive fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that whole thing. So yes, that awesome cue, like the Mickey cue. Yeah. Yes. Oh, literally the, the best a, logo. The letter, not the letter, like a not, line. not the line. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so we're in the west side of House of Disney Springs, downtown Disney. It was kind of marketed as downtown Disney once they expanded more into a West Side thing. Or is that what it was? It was just called Downtown Disney West Side. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when you go in, uh, the first thing you're in is this kind of little lobby, and it's sort of your your first line almost. And it's where you buy your tickets. Yes, you buy your tickets. There's also ticket windows outside. Uh, I think in Chicago you can only buy them inside. We'll get to Chicago yeah. later, but. <laughs> So and inside you'll see like there's kind of this in, there's a center area on the floor is this kind of compass with four sections and each of them are going to represent the four different zones you're going to see inside of the Disney Quest proper the explore zone the score zone the replay zone in the create zone then above is this kind of like sky dome thing and around it is written supercalifragilisticexpialidocious for i'm not entirely sure why why not it fit it, it, it probably yeah this wait a minute this work <laughs> look how long this is there are also these kind of pillars with uh these kind of golden busts on them of disney characters like pinocchio and buzz lightyear and one of the mighty ducks from that why cartoon was pinocchio show. featured because of the toy making there was something well they had that giant pic they had that giant bust of his face but, in the create zone too, also like why so why was that i in? mean there is a make a toy thing there i don't know yeah like, was, I was, was sure. more pinocchio stuff you know planned? May- is it like the beastly kingdom <laughs> maybe the creative toy thing was supposed to be more of a pinocchio thing at one point and then when toy story was yeah. a hit they turned to a sense i don't know that probably makes sense maybe that's just yeah. that was that's just that, me that, that, 
does make but, sense. But this, this establishes the whole aesthetic of this whole uh, Disney Quest thing, which I like to describe as a planetarium meets the Cheesecake Factory. And I mean that in the most endearing <laughs> yeah, way possible. That sounds good to me. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, it, it almost has a similar vibe as New Tomorrowland in Magic Kingdom at that point. It's kind of like almost Flash Gordon-y, but a bit more colorful and yeah, fanciful. Yeah, a little bit of that. that Jules Verne. Well, you mean the Disneyland, New Tomorrowland? No, I'm talking the Disney about World one. Disney World. Even like, even like that bronze like color scheme, mm-hmm. yeah. especially in the fourth and fifth floor. There's a lot of like lights and neon and, and that kind of thing. But then you have to take one of the uh, the two elevators. What are the elevators called? It? Cyberlators. Cyberlators, yes. <laughs> it's yeah. not just an elevator. It's an adventure. Right. And, gotta uh, make it fun. And there's a screen on one side of the elevator. And it's almost like a little simulator because there's like it's a rocket good. launch in the video at one yeah. point. That's well, what the so, elevator So they moved. use like the, the, the projections, I'm assuming, were like a kind of Pepper's ghost effect because they kind of floated in the yeah. glass and it's of the, the elevator. It features a genie voiced by Robin Williams. This mm-hmm. is when... He was back in uh, Good Graces with Disney, or rather, like... Disney's back in his Good Graces, yeah. Uh, But he had done uh, Genie again for uh, Aladdin and the King of Thieves. Isn't it 40 Thieves? I thought it was Prince of Thieves. You know, it's I, the, it's I'll, take movie. I'll take bets. I'll take bets. I think it's a Latin King you, of Thieves. Usually, end up being right about I this think stuff. It's 40 I think I might right. bet you on that. Right, you, go ahead, look it up while I, while I talk. You have, more. To, you have to get up and get me a beer the next time I want one. That's what I'm betting this on. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So, well, yeah. So, so yeah. Like, like you literally sat in the elevator, not moving for like the first portion of this because it built up to this whole launch thing and. You know, the, the, you see Genie as a, a space jet, and you know it doesn't work, and the ground rumbles. Uh, Houston, and all of a sudden, boom! The elevator goes up, and you open. You're on the third floor at the Venture yes. Port. It's very cool. It probably was a bit of a like bottleneck for getting guests into the building, which wouldn't be that much of a problem later anyway. Right. Yes. But it was what a, it was such a fun way really to like cool. get you into the mindset of being there. Oh, yeah. it was, just, it was oh, so it totally cool. worked. Also, what beer would you like? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'll wait. I'll wait. I'll, I'll, I'll cash the chip in later. I told you. <laughs> there's something with 40. No, that's what it actually is in like the Arabian Nights. Well, no, there's that song, Welcome to the 40 Thieves. There is a that's song, but again, it's because that's what it is in that actual like super old book. I'm not completely crazy. A thousand and one, 40 was there somewhere. A thousand and one Arabian Nights. Yeah, that thing. So. Well, it was just a thousand in, the, in Friend Like Me. Shirazadi had Once them again, thousand tales. I am Lots not making a Disney up. reference. I'm talking about a real book. <laughs> I know, I know, but I'm just saying because Aladdin was one of the tales. So yes, only, okay. you're right. <laughs> anyway, take us to the. So there's five zone. floors in Disney Quest, and <laughs> only yeah, five. Yes, and this, <laughs> and this elevator takes you to floor the third, and this is called the Venture Port. <laughs> what do you? I'm probably saying floor the third. <laughs> no. Yeah, I didn't think you did. <laughs> I did not think that you did. I can't wait to hear about floor the fourth <laughs> and the fifth. You're on th- floor three. You have third floor. Say third floor. I'll say what I want, Mister <laughs> Mister Prince of Thieves over there. Forty thieves over All right, here. I'll get you a water instead of a beer. No, <laughs> no. You're on the venture port of the third floor, and from here you can uh, enter the other four main zones. I don't know why I said other. There's only four main. The first of these is the Explore Zone, and this makes up all of the first floor and a little bit of the second floor. And maybe the first thing you'll come across is Treasure of the Incas, which is kind of one of the more wild concepts here. Actually, this is a, a maze, basically, where like below you through Pexiglass is a maze, and there's RV Jeeps driving through it, and then there's like stations, almost look like little arcade cabinets, where a person's driving the car, and it looks like a video game, 
but they're actually driving these RC cars, and there's a camera on there so you can see where you are in the like, maze, and yeah. then you get your fan, your like your friends and family to go over to the maze and like tell you turn right, and it's like shouting. Everyone's just yelling. Yeah, everyone's just yelling. Well, I mean, these are like early GoPros, basically. And yeah, from the perspective of the game, it looked great because these are like really detailed models. In this maze yes. that was in the ground. Because it was just what was actually happening. Right, yeah. And, and like, sometimes you have to avoid the other RC cars. You had to go into, like, these different rooms to collect the treasures and everything. It was a really neat idea. I don't yeah. remember really doing this much well, when we first Well, the problem is when they going. started developing this in 1995 or whatever, there was a thing that didn't really exist all that much in the world. Can I guess? Yes. Cell phone. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of radio interference came into that building. Yes, yes. It, by the time it opened in 1998. Yeah, so, yeah. Cell it phones. It only got worse. <laughs> Cell phones started to become a problem. Also, apparently, one of the Jeeps caught on fire at some point. Nice, that wasn't nice. good either. Mm. So, yeah, eventually, uh, this this attraction would just be abandoned. They would put some arcade machines in yeah, there. And they just literally carpeted over it. And yeah, which is a shame, because when this was running, it was, it was really neat. neat. I mean, what a cool concept, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that a lot. But the uh, we had a few other big attractions down here, including the Virtual Jungle Cruise, a rap-based simulator video game with kind of multiple paths. Also, time travel for some reason. You ever hear the expression, it's more fun than it is good? Yeah. I mean, it's it's very hard to actually control. Like, so each, it's four people on one of these rafts. You each have a paddle. And the paddle has, like, a wheel on it. And it's a, the wheel's supposed to, like, track when you're using it. Yeah, I don't like, think the wheel itself, had, I don't think the paddle's yeah, in effect. How was, did it work? I think just the, 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 the like, bladder that this raft was on that inflated and deflated simulate the motion was supposed to have something in it or maybe there it were lasers you were tripping. Yeah, well, it couldn't be because you couldn't control this to save your life. Right, but so much of it was like on a river anyway, so a lot of times the curve was just... It was just moving, yeah. yeah, yeah. There, and you would be like parts where there, you're in a big lake and there's like a left and a right. Right, and, and that you was like... You try to pick one of them, one of them. Yeah. Right. But the simulator aspect of it, that bladder, as you so delicately put it, that's what great. they call it. It's, it's a bladder. Yeah, it's, it's, it's great. Sweet, yeah. It, it was well. cool. It, there were some parts where you would go over a waterfall, or something like it would really tip it would you drop, up. Yeah, and the only thing like you weren't strapped to this raft. You had like a little foot loop that you slid your feet into, and that was kind of mm -hmm. it. This was also at that time where they were kind of obsessed with making like Wayne Selinsky a like connected universe character for. I was fine. Honey, I that. shrunk the audience was a thing, and yeah. yeah. So he's like the your guide on this and you, you start this thing like you're in a jungle cruise dock and you have like the Cinderella's castle on the left you have the Matterhorn on the right so you're not quite sure where you are <laughs> and then he's like no sense. I'm a time teleport you like, okay <laughs> well yeah we called it the gizmo the yeah. time gizmo then he immediately loses it and then you're supposed to go find it is how it ends yeah. even though if you don't find it he's still just Which like you, I he mean, found it never does. do did we? I don't. We I, don't I don't know that we ever beat no. this game. It's, it was impossible. And I was like, anyone. But then at the end, it was it was him saying, "Come on, paddle, yeah, paddle, now it, paddle." <laughs> now he wasn't voiced by Rick Moranis in this. In fact, he never calls himself Wayne Selinsky. Yeah, you really had to like read obvious. the literature to get that aspect like of it. Too, in a way, yeah, it, it as much as it could, heavily implied. Uh, and then not too far from there, you had Hercules in the Underworld, which <laughs> was weird because it it really is just. A four-player like beat 'em up kind of shoot. It's basically Gauntlet Legends if you ever played that, but with it was Hercules, Meg, uh, Phil and Pegasus, Phil and Pegasus, and they would shoot lightning bolts. Uh, and the, like the one gimmick to it is that it was in 3D. You had 3D yeah. glasses. It, it was, was like a big screen Gauntlet for ten minutes. <laughs> it was not the best, and this was the one that is like this is the only one of the opening day biggest attractions that is replaced, like not just closed down. It is replaced in 2000. 
to make way for Pirates of the Caribbean Battle for Buccaneer Gold, oh, which was baby. this place's premier attraction. Oh, this, was, this was the top of the line. I truly missed everything else. I'm like, oh, that was fun. I truly missed it. Right. So the way this worked is like there's all these different rooms where they would put in the players, and it was kind of like the front like deck of a ship. There'd be a steering wheel in the front, and then three cannons on each side, and there was a, kind of a wraparound screen, and you had the 3D goggles on, probably the same ones from Hercules. Yeah. Uh, but it was like, oh, you actually are piloting around the Caribbean just looking for ships to attack with your uh, cannons. And the cannons use a pull stream mechanism, which is exactly what they would use for Midway Mania. Even yeah. the cannons themselves. I mean, why? when you think about it, it's like, why does the Toy Story uh, attraction have a cannon? It's like, well, they had this technology. Yeah. Uh, you kind of see that a lot here. Um, with early technology and Disney Quest being used in the theme park. Yeah. Oh, sure. I, I almost kind of wish, like, maybe it could have lasted longer as, like, if they thought of it as, this is a good R&D testing, testing ground. ground. Yeah. yeah. Right? But they, no, they, the, that, that wasn't going to be enough. That's it, what the Imagineering Labs were for. Apparently. <laughs> in Innoventions. At the end, you fought, like, a, a ghost ship as a kind of a boss. Each ship had its own name. Uh, Blackbeard's Ghost was one of them. Uh, this thing was... Fantastic! We Man, did this we were so lot. good at this yeah. too. We have a good story to tell at the end of the show about it. But this is a good time to bring up Joe Garlington. He was the interactive creative director for Disney Quest, so he was uh, in charge of overseeing a lot of the actual attractions themselves. So, as we kind of talked about, one of the real big goals of Disney Quest was creating these expansive theme park experiences, but in as little space possible. Which is why VR and, and stuff like that made so much sense for this. Pirates of the Caribbean, it's called a cave attraction. Cave stands for Cave Automatic Virtual Environment. So, again, you talk about having these wraparounds, 3D screens, and, like, a physical ship. You're creating this set. And what made this different from other 3D things you'd see in the parks, like Muppet Vision, it wasn't so much about stuff coming into your face, although there certainly was parts of that. It was more about using the 3D to create depth. Yeah. You felt like you were in this big, open, expansive space. And there'd be, like, ports you can, like, explore. Yeah, you can, like, you can attack planes. forts. You can attack other ships. Um, so, yeah, like, like that was really the goal of this attraction. And it drives me crazy because, like, this was, like, the only second-gen attraction we got. And it was so it good. It was so cool. So it, it made you think, you... like, if they would have stuck to the plan to update this mm-hmm. stuff, like, how far they could have taken it? was, like, 20% every two years they, were, they wanted to update or redo mm-hmm. the attraction. Right. Like, you know, we'll get to it, but imagine if they had, like, improved the alien attraction at some point. Because this is so much better than the Hercules thing. Well, that apparently was Joe Garlington hated the Hercules Well, attraction. it seems like it was kind of, like, put together pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah like, like, like you almost wanted, like, this was supposed to be in there first, but it wasn't ready or something. Uh, or, okay. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. But uh but the explorers on oh, the, the other thing that's interesting about it is four cannons, one yeah. one wheel, but only four people went oh, in. Six cannons, you mean. Or yes, yeah, I'm sorry. So they intentionally put in fewer people than there were controls. It forced you to move around. That was the fun and, part. Yeah. You were running around, and even at the end, because you didn't have to pilot anymore, then the the uh, yeah, the, the, the pilot the, would the, also the get on the got cannon. Off, yeah. It was also like the pilot or the captain would call port side, you know, starboard side. Yeah, I think I I think I learned port and starboard because, because of, of this that. ride. <laughs> yeah. Starboard's right, right? Yes. Yeah. Hey, just hey, just like, like yes, yes. Man, oh, whoa. See, save wavelengths. <laughs> we, we got some college educated. You must have told me that twenty years ago. Probably. Probably. So, yeah. Mr. 40 Thieves. <laughs> All right. Mm-hmm. But yes, there was still more to Explore Zone. This is, yeah, this one is huge. Uh, there's, <laughs> there was really interestingly, and we loved this when it first opened, there was a Cave of Wonders themed slide. I literally just mean like a slide. Like a playground slide. <laughs> that you could take from the Venture Port on the third floor. That would didn't take you to the first floor near where uh, the Virtual Jungle Cruise and Hercules were. And this closed after the first year. I'm not 
Uh, Something must have happened. Probably a capacity thing. Like, because you only put one kid at a time. There wasn't a line for well, it. Remember, they like you had to like go on a burlap slack, like sack. Yeah, to make like sure that. you slid because your yeah. shoes would get you stuck. Right in the shoes, and I think it was getting dirty. They I think clean didn't they even give you shoe covers later on? Maybe that. Maybe was it. there was something you, they put on you so that your shoes wouldn't. Yeah. yeah. Again, probably one of the things is like a cool idea, but in practice, just like, go ahead uh, first. This isn't worth it. <laughs> yeah. But then uh, there was a little bit of the Explore Zone on the second floor, and this is just where Aladdin's magic carpet is. And we talked about uh, the you know, precursor. Yeah. yeah, the Imagineering Lab. And this is it turned into a full-fledged experience. You are on a carpet. You're flying around Agrabah, and then you go into the Cave of Wonders, and you're on that kind of like vehicle thing. Do you remember the uh, the, the pre-ride video that played in line with no. uh, the, 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 the what's the, the guy's name, the beginning of the Aladdin movie, voice uh, The merchant right? guy, yeah. yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, he's talking about the, uh, you know, Kazim's flying carpets, and ah, uh, I see you are interested in the more high-tech pile. Have you ever seen such a pile of craftsmanship? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Go ahead. I can see it in my head, yeah. that guy's reaction. Yeah, that, like the goofy guy in the video. It was a really neat way how you control this thing, and it, it was how it was at the Imagineering Lab. You, you like kind of push to go forward, you tilted and, and rotated the yoke to, mm-hmm. to control yeah. it. Um, so the, this was structured, you're still flying around Agrabah looking for something, then it would, you know, the, the scared piece would fly off and kind of auto-controlled you out into the desert. You flew into the cave, and then you had to find the lamp, and then you freed the genie. And, he and was, there's four people. Yeah, you do this in a party of yeah, four. You work yeah, together. So it was again. co-op. And, like, you know, sometimes you'd be doing something in the Cave of Wonders, and then, like, genie would be like, ah, oh, your guy found the thing. Let's go. Yeah, genie would go, stay here while I go get everyone else, and, like, mm-hmm. just yank you over so you could see the little ending animation. Right. Uh, this is where I'm going to talk about uh, the Disney VR studio that was actually part of Imagineering for a while there. This was... um. Uh, mostly headed up by Jesse Shell. He's he joined the v- Disney VR studio in 1995 as a show designer. Um, after seeing the initial Aladdin ride that was at Epcot, like that was what got him into this division. Oh, that's pretty neat. Yeah. So this this division consisted of like 15 to 25 people at any time, and like they were making all these attractions for Disney Quest. Uh, they developed most of the games and software, not all of it, but most of it. Um, so yeah, like these were like internally developed initiatives. Uh, Shell would leave Disney in 2002 to start his own studio called Shell Games in Pittsburgh. Uh, okay. In addition to their own stuff, they did a lot of like freelance out stuff too. They did Toontown Online in cooperation with Disney Interactive. Oh, nice. Yeah, and uh, they did the That's shut down now, right? Yeah, 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 in like 2006. I think there's still like private servers that are run. Uh, they also did the game component of Midway Mania. Nice. No, I'm you, there's a direct lineage between that Pirates mm-hmm. of the Caribbean yeah, thing absolutely. and Midway Mania. Absolutely. I mean, I, I would assume. The VR studio probably made the Pirates attraction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this takes us to our next zone now that we're on floor two. Floor the second. The floor the second, <laughs> which is the create zone. This is like the rest of the second floor or the floor of the second. Big thing here is Cyberspace Mountain, hosted by Bill Nye, the science guy, who's just hosting all sorts of things Bill. in the late 90s. Yeah, he was all over Disney. He was at Ellen's dinosaur. Energy Adventure. Yeah, Dinosaur. Like, why not? So this was neat. There's kind of the first part of this is you make your own roller coaster with a touchscreen uh, kind of panel. Uh, you get to like make it by sections, basically. It's like, yeah. what do you want to do? It wasn't here, like like if you it's always like if you ever played Roller Coaster Tycoon where you're no. literally yeah. laying track. They were just like twelve canned pieces of track that like literally had portals in and out of each level, so to speak. 
And that was just the piece that and dropped there. there. You, you could pick like the speed of your yeah intensity. Yeah, there were three yeah. levels of speed to choose. And there were different themes. There's like a lava planet. There's an ice one, right? Mm-hmm. That one was neat because at one point you could do like the toboggan run. Right, right. Yeah, kind of thing. And so then you would make it, and then you would go into these kind of barrel shaped simulators. You may have even seen these at like uh, some of these kind of Dave and Buster. There was right? one outside Game the building had, forever. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. GameWorks had something similar too. Mm-hmm. Not that you create your own, but you just ride it. But it's basically like a simulator vehicle with the screen in front of you that can sort of spin and tilt and replicate I, all the rotations of a roller coaster. And it looks you could see them too and i mean it looks pretty intense when it's going yeah and the neat thing about this was that you could see the person like there was a camera so you could see the people doing it their face which i always enjoyed when i was waiting for you guys <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. me and aj the thrill seekers would i eventually did it a it. bit i wouldn't make mine as intense as yours but i would make oh, we always got the five star nice. rating or whatever for, yeah what was the name of the little robot who was like the test rider as you were building <laughs> oh that guy he had a name man we sh- and I feel like we need to find it out before it's lost to the ether forever. <laughs> there, yeah. that, that, he could be part of the uh, the shirts you guys want to make. There, there you go. You go. <laughs> but uh, the, this is kind of a theme of Crate Zone. Then you can buy that video recording of your ride and yeah. your faces. Well, did you ever get yeah. one? Oh, I'm sure there's some. Yeah, oh, you guys got it. Of course we did. One. Now, the weird thing about the way this simulated riding the roller coaster, it wasn't technically a good simulation. Because, you know, Chris, if you ride a roller coaster and you do a loop-de-loop, you don't, like, fall out of your seat yeah. and the harness yeah, catches the you. Yeah, like, keep you in. Yeah, like, if it was truly, truly simulating, you'd never have to go upside down to, like, simulate these effects. Right. So, like, it was a little... It almost seems like its own experience. Right. You're just literally like, oh, I'm upside down, and, like, thank God for these harness restraints. Right. Like, it didn't actually need to spin upside down like that, but... Yeah, it, it was fun. So, it really kind of hurt, because you're like... Like, literally, all your body weight's on your chest they for a second as you're coming around. Like, Mission Space. There you go. I tell you what, it's certainly a young man's game. Right? <laughs> I don't think oh, there's no, a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no thanks. Uh, in a similar, like, make your own thing and bring it home vein, you had Sid's Create a Toy, which, again, it's like, there's screens. And, it, you know, you can make a toy, but it's like, pick the head, pick the body, pick the Very arm. segmented. And yeah. it's, you know, there's a lot of those options from Sid's bedroom from Toy Story 1. And then you could go and buy a physical version of mm-hmm. the toy you made. You had the Animation Academy, which would help you learn how to draw and animate with step-by-step directions from an actual Disney artist. And these, these would the pop up. Offerings well, there. these would pop up everywhere. Mm-hmm. This would, yeah. So, well, at first, it actually was kind of focused on animation. Like, I remember mm-hmm. early on, it was like, here's how you're going to animate a ball, and here's how stretch and squat. Yeah, yeah. Then it became much more of like, yeah, we're going to draw, draw Mickey. Draw yeah, face you know, Tigger today. And then... Like that was successful, and that started spawning in a lot of places, like it, it, animation courtyard at DCA yeah, and yeah. The, the studio tour at, it was at the MGM, egg, egg, at the yeah. conservation station now even. Yeah, yeah. So like that concept works, and that even when I go with people and we're like trying to do something a little bit more low key after doing a bunch of rides, I'm like let's go draw something here, and it's always something fun. Plus yeah, you get a, you little, get a free suit exactly. Yeah. Well, that's a big <laughs> crate zone. Anytime, anytime home. Disney's gonna give you something free, jump on that. Then we have some more. Uh, dated things here you have living easels which is a touch screen based like image tom editing Fullery. thing yeah tom foolery <laughs> it's like the notes. kind of thing you would see it was like take a picture of your face and put like googly it's eyes like on what it. snapchat yeah. can do now yeah right it's yeah, ex- yeah well, snapchat. <laughs> way, more snapchat way, way, way more. better man uh then there's the magic mirrors uh oh, oh you know what i got it mixed up so living easels is not even with the taking picture this is just like here's a picture of like a field, and you could put like a zebra on it. Oh, uh, yes. Magic okay. Mirrors is the thing with your face. <laughs> Magic Mirrors actually closed in 2005, and they just put like more seats there. I was going to say, those <laughs> could not have lasted fact, till the end. In the one video we watched, there's just like seats around Pinocchio. I think that's where this uh, was. Okay. Yes. And then there was the Radio Disney Song Maker. Um, 
I mean, you made a it's song. Party, party, party. Yeah, AJ made. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, so, so I didn't not quite understand even what it was. Like, you have you like picking genres, but it, like it's still the same songs. Like every measure of the song, it would like change musical styles, but it was like the same song. So I go from like <laughs> jazz to pop to disco to right. big band. It's like each like, like the same lyrics each line refers to give you like ten options. Yeah, you can pick one. And then you, they burned it to a CD, and yeah. you got to take. We well, listen to your party, party, party CD a lot on the one. Trip. I wish I knew where it was. Something and that would be someday something. I'll find that. Uh, so yeah, so that's the create zone. Now we're going up to the score zone, which takes up parts of floors three through five. And maybe the first thing you're going to see here is Mighty Ducks Pinball Slam, based on the cartoon. Yeah. Not, and this is kind of post my time with Disney Afternoon. I did not watch much of the Mighty Ducks cartoon. No, we didn't watch that at all. I understand they were a hockey team, but they also fought crime. Yeah, yeah, like you do. They were superheroes. And they were ducks. Uh, and they were actual, they were actual ducks. ducks. They, were yeah. mighty, they were mighty ducks. So the way it's worked, there's 12 players, up to 12 players at a time, kind of standing on these tilting pad things. There's a giant video screen in front of you, and like each each of your like pads had a number on it, and there was like, your number puck up there. And you're trying to get your puck into the goalie. And it's a bit like a v- virtual pinball kind there of was thing. one that was like the handicap accessible it's the puck, easiest one to use because it was just a joystick yeah, yeah if you, you know if you couldn't stand and right it was kind of hard because like to move like you had to tilt your whole body forward but and you were thing, like throwing your way to you give yourself right. momentum well the yeah. thing wanted to push you back so yeah <laughs> the heavier Honestly. kids like us had a better time on this thing <laughs> it was fun and, and i'll tell you what though in my head it was like this two-story tall huge vertical screen it's still fairly big, but not yeah. as like we watched the video. It's not as big as I remember. Yeah, you remember taking up your whole like field of vision. I mean, yeah, it was it was pretty it was pretty cool. I, like it was very rudimentary. It was one of those things again. You didn't feel like you had full control over it, but mm-hmm. I don't know. We always managed to win. Just saying, yeah, we did pretty good. <laughs> then you had ride the comics on floors four uh, and five. Another pretty premiere. This is the other big yeah. VR experience here. And it's kind of like a lightsaber experience, really, which is like... Which is what you want in VR. That's why you have VR. Yep, so so like you had a lightsaber controller, and it had two buttons on it, and you had to keep both of them pressed down. So that which you, is, a, is a good safety mechanism to make sure you were, you know, had two hands on. Yeah. So you could oh, there's a way around it. Oh, so, well, sometimes, well, if you had a big a button, enough hand... If you had a big enough stuck. hand, the fat of my palm would push the one button, <laughs> and my thumb would do the other. Uh, so And I hurt my hand a few times. No wonder the safety... That's why they wanted you to hold two hands. And the way it's worked, like, you were on, like, a spaceship, kind of, and you are stationary on it. You're kind of, like, sit-leaning, mm-hmm. yeah. really. And uh, it was like, the spaceship is going to be flying around. The bad guys are going to come to you. Well, they literally beam you into a comp, like, like, like the yeah. hero. And I forget his, what was the hero's name? I forget. He has a stupid name. Yeah, but, like... I remember his intro. Hero. They literally open a comic book and, like, beam you into it, Body Wars style. My name is Hero Makiro, and I'm a hero. <laughs> like, like the that. comic zone for the Sega Genesis. It was yeah. kind of comic zone for the Sega Genesis. So, again, there was basically the same thing on Floor 4 and Floor 5, just stacked on top of each other. Once it got less busy, the Floor 4 loading bay would often be closed. Was yes. it 4 and 5 or 3 and 4? Four? 4 and 5. 4 and 5, yeah. Oh, okay. Do you want to get another bet? What are you getting uh, next time? So, Mistress Khan is the leader of the supervillains here, which includes other devious foes like Coinmaker, <laughs> Miss Sinner, and the Devil Miss Dog. Skinner. Oh, Man, Miss Sinner's way better. <laughs> Miss Sinner. She Look. had devil dogs. She was skinning things. No. <laughs> well, you, you'll, you'll, you'll explain later why that's her name. Z-Bub and the Demon Swarm. Uh, and uh, in the line, there's these awesome like fake comic book covers. Yeah, for you all forgot that, Sue Ann. I, forgot, I didn't say I was naming all of them, AJ. Well, that, that's the only other one. There's five? There's five? No. Oh, and Z-Bub. And Z-Bub. It was the sixth one. Z-Bub and the Demon Swarm. Yeah. But uh, there's more you're missing. Mm-hmm. Well, there had to be six because you all fought one of them at the end. Yeah. 
Toymakers. Uh, All right. There's Mistress Con, Toymaker, Miss Skinner, Z-Bub, and then there's two more. Sue Ann. Sue Ann. No way you remember this. There's no way you're going to no remember way. I was just looking at it earlier. I don't remember seeing a sixth one. Well, he was like the hunter person. Miss Skinner. Oh, that's Miss Skinner. There's the fat guy who was the toy. All right. You can look that up. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, well, actually, you can't because it's your time to talk about oh, yeah, how okay, this look thing it up was like, made. So this was one of the things that was actually outsourced initially. Um, there was a guy named Brennan McTernan. He ran a company called 3D Creations, and they were an early VR company. They did things for Disney, PBS, and Marvel. 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 Um, for example, the PBS thing they did, it was this, this show that only ran for one season called Backyard Safari. It actually had this like 3D animated character who was like a little three-foot dwarf. And it was a mocap performance, oh. mm. but they he was supposed to interact with kids in the audience, and they were having a hard time getting the interaction to feel natural. And they literally said, "Well, let's put a VR headset on the actor and give him something to look at." And they, they you know, they, he set this up, and they said, "Okay, go ahead and look the kid in the eye." And he said, "Which eye?" And they're like, "Oh, this is working. Oh, like wow. if, he, if he's asking us that, this is working." And that's how they created this guy's performance. Weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, All it took was a $250,000 machine. Yeah. So um, for Ride the Comics and also for Aladdin, they used what was called an Onyx machine. This was a $250,000 machine. The graphics card alone cost $30,000. If you think it's hard to get a RTX 3080 right now. How much, how much would the equivalent computing power cost today? Well, here I'll get. I have some numbers. I know how much you love numbers of yes, hardware in your podcast, but uh, the well, head, the headsets themselves, fifty k. Dang. Wow. Yeah. So again, you thought a thousand bucks for the uh, Valve Index was a bit much. And this was the same in the Imagineering thing too, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. These are Onyxes. So yeah, this was like the industry standard uh, system for this kind of thing. It was the computer itself was the size of a refrigerator. It supported sixty four MIPS R forty four hundred microprocessors. Running at speeds of 200 megahertz. Oh, wow. Blazing fast. That's and, not very fast. Is that the joke? <laughs> yes. We, <laughs> we, we run like four gigahertz. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. It could run up to three streams of high-resolution 3D graphics using its unique Reality Engine 2 graphics subsystem. So literally, your phone that you're holding right now, Mike, has 30 times the power of this. Oh, no. <laughs> It's such a short time when you think about it. It's crazy. Right, right. So people, in 2017, people who were on their phones waiting for Aladdin were using much more sophisticated technology than the thing they were about to use. A typical PC at this time would have had an Intel 486 running at 33 megahertz. So at home, you had 33. This was doing 200. Okay? Four times the speed. No. Yeah. Four times? Don't ask me to math. Yeah, I'm not mathing right now. Whatever it is. Six times, maybe, actually. Yeah, six. Six times. Uh, it had eight megabytes of RAM, your home PC at this time. It's crazy. This eight has megabytes. like eight gigabytes of RAM. Oh <laughs> as I wave my foot around. So the original concept that, that um, 3D Creations was, was visualizing here was you were going to fight Disney villains. And they actually had developed this um, shader, basically, that um, was kind of an early form of cell shading. Interesting. And they, they, like they had this, and they're like, "Oh, like like this is great. Like they'll kind of look like the animated characters, and you're gonna fight him. It's gonna be great." Roy Disney saw this concept and said, "No, nah, you're not fighting, fighting our like characters." Roy shut down a lot of things back then. Yeah, he shut right? down that Fantasia Genesis game that came out. Yeah, which was actually bad, so maybe did a favor. So they that's why they reskinned it to these comic book characters and kind of created their own mythology around it. 
Um, for example, we know from the, an interview I, I read with um, Brennan that Ms. Skinner was Cruella DeVille. Ms. Skinner and her devil dogs is Cruella. See, I never knew this until you told us to me today. And yeah. It all makes sense. So we were like trying that. to figure it out. Like, who were the other villains? So we figured um, Mistress Khan was probably the Wicked Queen because she has a cauldron in the one oh, yeah. cover I, on the wall. I was, is, she the evil, is she the Wicked Queen or the Evil Queen? I thought she was the Evil Queen. Evil Queen. It's I Wicked Queen. Right I mean, the Wicked Queen. I mean, that's the line. Mm, okay, I'll give it to you. Um, Sue Ann had a staff, so she's probably Maleficent. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was proud of this one. Who's Toymaker? I, I think I figured this we out. We think Toymaker was Stromboli. It's Geppetto. <laughs> he's the villain. He, but he was like a big, fat Dr. Yeah, Robotnik yeah. looking dude, so he's probably, you know, yeah. Makes sense with the Pinocchio being in Exactly. The... And then uh, and then Z-Bub was most likely oh going to be um, Chernabog. It's all coming It's a big again. demon who has a demon swarm. Right. Like, so it's like, oh my gosh. This that's all pretty is crazy. It all lines up. It's all right there. That's so, incredible. You're breaking yeah. some ground here, Copernicus. Right? Yeah. Right? Right. Uh, to give you, so to give you an idea, like this was supposed to only run, according to Brendan, for two years. And then they would swap out with something new. It was just so And it was just there until it closed in yeah, 2007. Yeah. How about 19 was, years? <laughs> would you believe? 19? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, when it opened, this kind of was like the, the attraction that we probably well, again, enjoyed the That's most. what you wanted. You wanted VR. Yeah. You wanted the lightsaber. Like, and Aladdin was really good, but this being that much more you were like, standing, action-based. Yeah, was, and, like, you know, the, the ride always specifically told you, like, use big sweeping movements because, like, even though it could track the movement of, like, whatever you were doing, like, little fine jabs just didn't register in this game. It, it also, you had to, like... It also really kind of early exposed the problem of the whole VR lightsaber fantasy and that there's no, like, tactile feedback. Right, you were just it's waving shame. this thing around. Right, yeah. like, you know, it's not like it's like, oh, I'm going through bone, you know? Like, yeah. No, no. yeah. Um, there's a story writer who worked for Disney Imagineering named David Cohn. He's actually the guy I found his blog, and, and he says he wrote the story for this attraction. So I'm assuming he's the one who came in and... You know, re- reworked it from Disney villains mm. to these comic book characters. Uh, he also worked on the story for the the Wonderland Cafe. You need to get a hold of that guy and confirm. I have his email address. Excellent. I'll be reaching yeah. out. Well, there's there's one more thing in the score zone, and that is invasion, an extraterrestrial alien encounter on floor of the fifth. And this featured Chairman Clench from this, you know, Tomorrowland show. Played by Jerry name. Jones. Whoops to Daisy. No thing mm-hmm. there's like, yeah. <laughs> there's colonists. They're stuck on a planet. It's a, being attacked by aliens. So he offers excess tech to go help them, specifically this kind of spider tank thing. And we're going to control the spider tank. He does have that great line in the pre show like, we heard of your situation. We saw an opportunity. Responsibility yes, was to good. come to your aid. <laughs> and this thing was, this thing was cool. The, the vehicle itself was neat because you went in this pod. And it was a wraparound screen, or at least on the front degrees, back. Yeah. yeah, so in the front, there was a seat for the pilot and a gunner, and then there was two gunners on the back. So ideally, you want four. But it was important because, like, you, so to save the colonists, you had to go in these kind of bubbles that they were in yeah, and sort and of stand in there and pick them up, and they would run into you, and you would shoot things. But sometimes they'd be coming from behind, so the back gunners, there was a lot of communication. Like, oh, hold on. Yeah, stop. They, there's a guy yeah, behind right, us. Because yeah. they, couldn't, they couldn't load unless you were at completely stopped. Yeah, and you couldn't go backwards. Now, this was one, this was a pretty good example of how these things aged and needed to be replaced because it looked like quake too yes it, it worked down a little lot. worse right by, by by the by the end of this thing's run like this was basically nintendo 64 graphics to most people i thought though this was a very underrated experience I mean, was, graphics was, aside i thought the gameplay mechanic of it was really good well and there's this continuous theme with all these rides that most of them are co-op based yeah and we were really lucky to have the three of us always right. to do these things it made us part of it why we seem to like disney quest more than yeah, some right, people right. like you couldn't I mean, you could, but it'd be hard to go like by yourself 
and like, hey, I'm going to go do alien invasion. Yeah, no, yeah, it doesn't really work here. Right? Yeah, you have to be with a group. So Scorezone also had just a lot of like modern arcade games, modern at the time. So there'd be like a bunch of racing games. You have like your Daytona USA. All these Star Wars games Star Wars at the time. You have a lot of fighting games, your Tekkens and Virtual Fighters and Street Fighters. So it, you know, it, was, it was great for that, just for, for us as well. Uh, so that leaves us one other major zone, the Replay Zone, which is also taking up parts of uh, floors three to five. And really the only like big attraction here is Buzz Lightyear's Astro Blaster, which is a bumper car experience, but it's these two-seater vehicles, and there's like these asteroids on the floor, and they're, they're dodgeballs. You can kind of run over them, and they get sucked up into like the middle compartment of your, mm-hmm. yeah. of your vehicle. It's really cool. So then you Fun. pick it up, and you like put it in this cannon. You have this place that's obsessed with cannons, <laughs> and you can shoot it at the other vehicles, and if you hit them in the right spot, the vehicle would spin around a bit. You know that <laughs> meme where it's like loudest sounds, and it's like it starts like drums and then like a concert then a jet engine. Yeah. The bottom one like that's off the chart needs to be, you know, this dodgeball hitting the door of the vehicle <laughs> you're in cuz it was cuz you had these like plexiglass doors that weren't like fully They weren't shut. latched they shut weren't or anything. Sealed, they yeah. yeah, they were just a spring. <laughs> it wouldn't be startling sometimes. Oh, it was loud and then you get hit and like strobe lights are flashing and your dodgeball uh, your car starts like spinning around. Well, it's the, the, super be- fun. the best was Mike Mike and I were always together. You were by yourself. Well, it was, it was here, so again three of us so yeah, so we, we would just target Oh well, yeah, here's me trying to simultaneously drive, load the cannon, and oh, shoot. I it. love seeing the fear in your eyes as you're trying to do <laughs> both trying this at the same time. And like some like six year old stock kid, with, like boy with his bobby, would come and like get between us, like get out of here. <laughs> We've got a mission. <laughs> Like there was also just a lot of like retro arcade machines. Yeah, on super this same fun. Floor, like all like really Disc cool. and yeah, you know Galaga and Pac Man and everything. And Mario Brothers. Uh, and then there was like on on the on the fourth floor is uh, and fifth floors there was like more of the Midway games, so like the ticket games, you know. Yeah, yeah like Ski Ball and what. But yeah, really just uh, Buzz Lightyear's Astro Blaster and a bunch of arcade stuff really here. So that's it for the four major zones, but there, there's a little bit more to it. There's the Emporium, which is, as you exit, this is just like the gift shop. Mm-hmm. And at first, there was a lot of like Disney Quest-specific merch. Towards the end, it was just generic Disney World merch that they would sell in there. But on floors four and five, you would have the kind of eateries of the place. Both of them initially run by the Cheesecake Factory. So floor four had the Wonderland Cafe, and this is like opened as a uh, internet cafe experience which, which was kind of neat at the time oh yeah i mean you had a there's a webcam on this thing and you know open internet access i remember mike would drive me nuts here because you would want to be on the internet a lot i did you had to go to going off game GameCube. gamecube yeah looking waiting for news yeah i remember like doing this in, like 2000 like 2000 probably 2001 like let's go well because it was super back then because like when you know I, we were into the internet pretty early on in our lives even mm-hmm. back then so it was weird for me to be for a week completely unplugged, unplugged from the like my video game news. So it was this bizarre thing. I remember like learning about Pikmin, <laughs> going to Planet GameCube and this thing. I was like, "What's Pikmin?" <laughs> so I was just like scrolling through like a week's worth of news. I was yeah. so happy. <laughs> uh, and then on the fifth floor was was Food Quest, which is just more of a straight up eatery. Why not a Cheesecake Factory? Well, they had cheesecakes. Why so, not a cheesecake factory? Well, they always said like presented by cheesecake factory. But yeah, it, so, this, oh, is, this cheesecake is quick service. Yeah, well, not- I, well, Wonderland Cafe was much more like here's some cheesecake and coffee and stuff like that, and like Food Quest was more burgers, hot dogs, wraps. Yeah, wraps right. that kind. And then, of thing. In, in 2008, Cheesecake Factory just pulled out, so then they just became Wonderland Cafe and and Food Quest. And I think towards the end, they were just both called Food Quest, even. Some of the last maps I saw seem to indicate that it's mm-hmm. kind of hard to tell. No more internet access. Well, internet cafes by 2017 were probably <laughs> not a very not exciting very prospect. 
Well, so when you went on these computers in the Wonderland Cafe, there was this little experience called Wired Wonderland Cafe where the Cheshire cat like kind of talked you through how the internet works. <laughs> and again, David Cohn scripted that. Oh, nice. Yeah. Did he tell you what the internet was for? I assume. I'm okay, I won't bring up Avenue Q. Let's move on. Chris. <laughs> oh, I see what you're trying to do. <laughs> hey, Chris. Huh? This, is a, this is a family show. What is the demise? What happened yeah, so, here? This all know, sounds so all good. Sounds great. So fun. <laughs> how, Wonderful, Mark. How did this fail? <laughs> so, again, the original idea is this is going to be great. We're going to have them everywhere. Everyone's going to love it. Yada, yada, yada. So, they built, they had this one in Orlando. They also were building one in Chicago, which uh, opened in June. Uh, 1999, on Rush and Ohio Street. Uh, 1999, it closed already in September 2001. So it didn't last long this at thing, wait, all. Wait, this thing closed on September 4th, 2001. Yeah. This so, thing closed like, even before like everybody yeah. was like, oh, tourism's dead. Yeah. So, I mean, even if they were like juggling it at the time, I'm sure it would not have lasted. Yeah, yeah if, that, it right? was, if they were on the fence, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Jeez. So <clears throat> there's a quote here from the uh, Senior Vice President of Disney Regional Entertainment, uh, Randall Baumberger, uh, we have concluded that the expected returns on the investment required to achieve Disney Quest's cutting-edge technology standard in a standalone environment will not meet the company's financial requirements. So it sounds like it was making money, just it, not enough. Just money. not enough. So I mean, they have. I mean, they probably had huge projections for this and just wasn't making it. But kind of what killed it, uh, at least this location for sure was that they were adamant that Disney was adamant they saw these as theme parks. Mm-hmm. So there's a day, like, you know, ticket to get, like... a You couldn't just walk in. Get, yeah. You couldn't walk in. There's an admission fee to get into it. It was $36 on opening to get in. Or you could buy, like, a $16... It, well, it depended, because it was all, like, points-based at first. Yeah, like a Dave & Buster's right. would be. So. And, like, and you, those, you those are only good for a couple hours. And, like, even, like, using, like... Playing like Tron would cost like two hundred points or something, and like going on Magic Carpets of Aladdin would be like two thousand points or something. Yeah, like whatever the breakdown was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then you know, eventually the, the they shifted a lot and they try to get do it more of like a kind of just a, everything's a free play thing and it's a one time admission. But it kind of took them a while to figure that yeah. out. Yeah. So yeah, you had that price point um, where Dave and Buster's and, and GameWorks, you know, you could just walk in and do what you know what you wanted to do and pay for those individually. And really, I, I like places like Chicago. They weren't as tourist heavy as they were kind of hoping it would become, or what they would expect. Really, like a Florida, Orlando, or even like a Vegas. I can't Vegas. Like, like, yeah, Vegas should have been. Well, Vegas like had a giant GameWorks, and it yeah. was relatively popular there. Yeah, that's like where you that. played Virtue Cop but, Three. And I, I think maybe the biggest factor is the fact that there wasn't a lot for adults to do. Like that was the whole, at least, story about why they made Disneyland in the first place, right? A place where the kids and adults can have fun together. Now today. Us, the adults, yeah, would love be to play video games with our kids. Yeah, because that's true. what we grew up with. True. Back then, our yeah. parents didn't want to. They probably heard Internet Cafe and it's like, oh, well, that's. Our, I mean, I, I think honestly, our parents were pretty happy in, in Disney World to just dump us there. They went. I think and they I remember go them going in with us the first time. They never went into Disney Quest again. Probably not. Yeah, there really, there yeah. weren't, yeah, there weren't a lot of parents there. It was just yeah. the kids and. Yeah. You know, maybe that can work. But I think about Dave and Buster's and GameWorks. They again, they had bars. You know, yeah. they had like more. They had like bowling alleys, even or stuff like that. They they did a better job of getting adults involved with it. Right. Yep. So these you know kind of factors led to all right. It's just not going to work out in the long run. We're going to shut it down. We're going to cancel this whole venture that we've gone on and just be done with any future development. But maintain 
the Florida location since it's so still tourist heavy. Well, and enough that, people it, are that going. That kind of took care of itself because it was part of the Disney World experience. Well, and they so. would also do like vacation packages where, right. hey, this is included. Your admission. It would, be, it would a lot be like get a free water park in Disney Quest Day. It was like whatever got you like Pleasure Island. The water parks also got you Disney Plus. Yeah, yeah. Disney Plus, Disney Quest. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. So yeah, this I mean this lasted till you know 2017. Uh, the writing on the wall came when they announced Disney Springs. And it was, okay, yeah, we're going to get rid of this, and we're going to bring an exciting new experience. And we were all like, oh, my gosh, what could this possibly be? It's got to be something sweet. No. Hope you like basketball. Hope you like basketball. Enough to pay admission again. Right. It's the same problem. It's a (laughs) paid admission thing. I I still don't really even understand what the NBA experience is. Yeah, I've never done any looking into what it actually offers. Because it it. almost seems arcadey also to a point. When we were there recently, uh, Disney doesn't have to run it. It was just closed. (laughs) Like at first we thought it was dead. Yeah, just closed. This was just closed that day. So yeah, I don't know what's going on with that. But so, yep. So that's done. Shut down, you know, all that. But. So at the time of the Chicago one, there were other ones in development still that they had to kind of just cut the cord on. The biggest one was Philadelphia. And that was when they announced. They they announced it, and initial work was done. The foundation on it. was put in. Yeah. So just a little history on it, because apparently it's like kind of a Disney inside joke. This whole Disney hole thing. Have you guys heard of that? <laughs> yeah, I've yeah, heard about the Disney, Disney hole. Well, oh, everyone hole. in Philadelphia called it that because yeah, mm-hmm. there was just this blank spot downtown yeah. where, like, Disney made a lot of you know huffing and puffing about building this incredible indoor amusement park, and it was yep. just a hole forever. So it's located on Eighth and Market Street, and this this area was originally a Gimbel's in 1894. Gimbel's, Remember an Elf? Yeah, Gimbel's. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah that's the store in Elf. It's like a Macy's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, just some kind of neat facts. They produced the first thanksgiving day parade in 1920 Mm. Uh, 1927 they expanded by adding a 12-story building next to it which with that in tow made it the world's uh, largest department store at the time but kind of its downfall was there's too much expansion too quickly and by 1986 they they had to go bankrupt and you know they sold it off so they sold it to a chicago-based development group who just completely knocked it down and sat empty for over a decade and then another group came in called the Goldberg Group that acquired it. Goldenberg Group. Sorry, yeah, Goldenberg. In 1998, Disney got involved, and they saw this as an opportunity. Like, hey, we got Disney Quest. This could go great here. So they promised to invest $150 million to put this Disney Quest in. <clears throat> so they were they were getting far along. They they had all the plans, you know, pretty much drawn up. There's they dug the hole. They dug the hole <laughs> in everything. And then when the Chicago one opened and it kind of failed, they just put the kibosh on it. Just stopped. They just stopped. They left the hole there, and eventually a foundation or the foundation was poured in. Um, and eventually, I, I don't know if Disney was involved with or not. I don't know if it was some kind of like legal battle, but they did eventually fill it in and put in a parking lot, which it is parking to this lot. day. It's a parking a flat lot. parking lot, right? It's supposed to be a five story wonderland of magic. Yeah, eighty thousand square feet of parking interactive lot. entertainment. Put up That's a parking insane. lot. It's insane. Jerry Mitchell, she knew what she was talking about. All right, well, let's talk about our fond memories of the 18-plus years. This could probably be a podcast alone. Well, it's incredible how I remember our first impression, because this opened around the same time as uh, Animal Kingdom did. Mm -hmm. And at that time... I like Disney Quest a lot more than Animal I'm also bears the same. Well, it, it was kind of convenient. Animal well, Kingdom in the morning, simple. Disney Quest in the evening. Right. They, they, they complemented you know, very you know, well. As most do theme parks are, there wasn't a whole lot to do at Animal Kingdom yet. Mm-hmm. I was still young, and I loved video games. Yeah. So I mm-hmm. I thought that Disney Quest was just the coolest thing. I mean, this opened when I was 10 years, 10 years old. You were 12, yeah. and you would have been like you know, 14. 14. Yeah. yeah. So 
I mean, we kind of hinted at this. Like the original business model of Disney Quest was points, which I'm sure our dad hated because we'd be, you know, we'd run through those points in an hour and it's like, oh, dad, we got to reload, we got to reload. I mean, all those things did that. Jillian's even. Did yeah, yeah. But, you know, like you said, it was one thing to pay like a buck to play Star Wars Trilogy Arcade. It was another thing to pay, you know, six bucks to go on Aladdin's Magic Carpet. Right. And you, I mean, you, you had to wait back then. You could wait an hour yeah. for Aladdin's Magic Carpet oh, yeah. back then. Well, that's another thing that kind of hurt the Chicago area was these lines that people weren't really used to, like mm-hmm. the locals. Right. Like the you go to a Dave and Buster's. It's like, okay, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, I'm going to oh, go. There's two people in front of me to play that virtual you know, cop. You yeah, know, like, yeah, all right. Exactly. Right. Now it's like, no, you're going to wait 45 so minutes. Like, I'll they, do something else. When they did move to just the unlimited play, I mean, we could be in there awesome. all day because not only do we like all these rides, but yeah, like we'd go play, you know, like the classic arcade games and mm-hmm. Pod Racer and Daytona. For, and I remember for uh, Buzz Lightyear a lot, like we'd have one of us way in the line, then like the other two of us would just go around and play the old arcade game. Yeah, and then we'd right. rotate, just alternate. Yep. So, yeah, tell your tell your ultimate Marvel versus Capcom two story. So we we had this we had that for the Dreamcast, yes. and that was kind of like our big game for years that we just always we loved played. it. Yeah, it was like we the, loved the precursor it. to Smash Bros. Came out and, around two thousand, and this is like you know we just play with us and our friends, and we think we're pretty good. You but don't who knows? know. There's no online right. play. You know now we're trash. <laughs> yeah, well, now, now, now we're bad, and we know it. But we walk in. There's a Marvel versus Capcom two machine, and we see these guys playing. It's crowded. And it was crowded, and we're like, oh, you know, they look pretty good. We could maybe beat them. And uh, we, you go up first, I think. I go up first, and I, I, I got a win, but it was like I, I finished with Captain America's like fa- uh, final move, uh, f- final justice. So I felt yeah. good about myself, but then you ran the table, and I, you're always better at me in this game too. I was just feeling it with those joysticks, and people were like, "Oh my gosh!" Yeah, people act like Chris was a savant. It was incredible. It was Chris, Chris. I never saw Chris beam so much. Oh, uh, I'm still reeling over I that. I think he beat twelve of them in a row. I was just standing there, just watching. It was great. So yeah. good. And then we played. We played something recently. You and I, Mike. Uh, it was like a Marvel. Yeah, well, we were at this uh, arcade bar outside of Orlando, and and, uh, and you completely wrecked me. I could not play the game. <laughs> <laughs> I have, I guess, I have a better memory. For yeah, these you do things. for sure. So now we have to talk about the. I don't. Was it the first time we ever did Pirates? It wasn't of the, Caribbean? the first time. Okay. I don't think. So, but again, we we went. It was like a forty-five minute wait for the Pirates of the Caribbean battle for Buccaneer gold, right? So it's just the three of us. We get up to the loading queue, and is this sweet old lady cast member who you know? Have you boys done this before? And I'm sure we're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We know the whole. Get out of the way, old lady. Yeah. So she so she gets us loaded in there and. Look, we role play, okay? Yeah, so, we, we got into uh, it. So, you know, I'm at the helm of the ship. I'm like, hard to port. And we're all, aye, captain. And just getting super into it. And we, you know, we beat the thing and we have a blast. And we finish up. And we go to leave. And this, this lady opens the door. She goes, I think you boys should do it again. I think you could do better. Yeah. <laughs> and we think she's like, we thought we might, she meant like get back in yeah. line. She's like, well, go ahead. And we're like, <gasps> oh, yeah. And she's like, don't mention it. No, seriously, don't mention it. <laughs> and, it was, and then we did it again. It was yeah. amazing. One of my all-time favorite cast member interactions. Like, yes. She just saw how much fun we were having. Yeah, super and like, fun. Super we rad. did. We yeah, loved yeah. that thing. Yeah, it was oh, we so were so good. good at that, too. We would get the most gold you could get. All yeah, because the oh, yeah. there was ranks at the end. We would get that top. Oh, yeah, the uh, little compass. Uh, spun every so often, you get like another group with you, and they're like, oh, my God. This is amazing. <laughs> oh, my God. So... <laughs> There's this time we rode Cyberpunk or Cyberspace. Cyberpunk Mountain. <laughs> <laughs> got delisted Mountain. from the PlayStation. Yeah. Okay. So the this, this story is a little bit of a go with me, I guess. So uh, it's the end of the podcast. Most of you have tuned on anyway. So <laughs> Mike used to make comics with his, his buddy Dave. Uh, they called it Joypad Comics. And there was an ep- uh, uh, episode or uh, whatever comic? comic called Mike Minotti Meets His Future Self. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> 
<laughs> and it was just like in the comic, like they walked out of a movie. I don't even know what the movie was. Spider Man Two, I believe. <laughs> Much like making his usual nitpicky criticism, this guy who's like clearly an older Mike Milani appears in a puff of smoke and starts like rambling about how bad the movie was. And Mike's like, oh, "You said it, buddy." And then this guy just rambles so much he explodes. <laughs> and then Chris is well, at least, I guess now you know how you die. <laughs> Mike, you might be hitting that here soon. So, probably <laughs> so, trust me, I look like that future. It wasn't a flattering picture of me either. <laughs> so we're queued up to go into our pods at Cyberspace Mountain. And Chris and I did our coaster, you know, rank five, super extreme. And Mike did like his little baby rank one coaster. This is a very right. flattering story for me. Is there anything else you want to say about me? And there's this guy who's going to load us into our pods and he and mike are standing by his because it's gonna load next and it's this guy who looks like he's in his maybe late 20s early 30s and mike's like 12 or 14 at this time and it looked like a slightly older slightly more overweight mike and they're both standing in the same exact cross arm pose or posture and chris leads over to me and goes Mike Minotti meets his future self. <laughs> I can't believe you remember. I was dying so hard. I'm trying not to like blurt out laughing because this guy's standing there. Just Mike. laughing at somebody oh you don't God. know. It was just amazing. Mike we can laugh at. He had the yeah. mustache <laughs> Oh my god, you guys! <laughs> do you remember? Because one time we did Cyberspace Mountain, we were like, "We're gonna do Super Stream. We're gonna do all loops." Was, wasn't did you? Was there actually like a, a six you could get? I don't or know. Do you guys, you guys were convinced so. there was. Well, one point. I don't we, remember that before we fully understood. Like I said before, that it's like just the same element repeats itself in like these little levels almost. We just picked all loops, thinking we're just gonna make this crazy looping roller coaster, and it literally was the same loop, can loop. ten second animation of a loop to loop. And I was like, oh. <laughs> No. <laughs> yeah, we just did that for two minutes. Like, uh, 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 uh. You would have to kill me. <laughs> kind of fun when you mentioned it like that. Uh. No, at the time, I remember by the fourth time, we were like, we need this to stop. <laughs> were there e-stops in there? It had to be. <laughs> so as much as we love that first, there was this point where like we all knew that this wasn't going to last. Right. It, it, it got weird because like each time you went in, like, well, this is probably the last time. And everything yeah. was getting kind of like older and crappier. And again, like the last major new thing was in 2000. And then everything was just aging. Like they, the the other major thing I can remember was when Wreck-It Ralph came out. They added in some of those Wreck-It Ralph arcade machines and a statue excuse of Wreck-It Ralph. Fix-It Felix Jr. Yes, machines. Me. And that was neat. I liked that. Yeah, that, that was, was great. It was something. I was shocked they did even that, to be completely honest. Right. So do you remember the last time you guys were in there? I think it, was it was that. that yeah. I have the picture of me that doing what, with the Wreck-It Ralph statue doing the pose. Fifteen. About, about their 15 or 16, yeah, yeah. Something like that. And I think, you know, again, every time it was like, uh, this is probably the last yeah, time. Like in 2010 being like, this might be the yeah. last time we yep. go. And there was, even before, like, they announced it was closing, there was rumors forever. Mm-hmm. They couldn't find the thing to go in to Chris, replace you, it. You found that awesome video we all had to share of its last day in operation with them closing it down. It's kind of sweet. Yeah, Cast members are, like, crying. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I'm getting emotional watching yeah, this. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, gosh, I, I do miss it. it. I tell you what, it did last longer than we probably would have thought it did. Mm-hmm. I'm glad it had good. I'm glad it lasted until we had like everyone had good cell phone cameras, so it's well documented yeah, exactly, now. Exactly. Could you exactly. imagine if that would have lasted though, and they did keep up with it? Something, right. Something like the void, like the void. When we did yeah. the void, things like that all over. Like if that, that was part complex. of the experience, yeah. Isn't, isn't even the void done now? Though? Yeah, it's gone. I, COVID kind of killed yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the company's still around. They just took it out of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Disney but uh, it, yeah, so yeah, that's always gonna be one of my favorite Disney memories. Really, is Disney Quest, and it was again. I have 
I remember it very vividly because we did so much, and it didn't so change much. very much. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, that's a big part of my Disney childhood. Mm-hmm, did we sure. ever go down the slide? Do you remember? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, when it was First new, open. absolutely. When it was oh, yeah. brand spanking new, brand, more brand. Probably to pay points for that too. I don't think. I think that was point free. Oh, was it? That's Maybe that's why I got rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't making any money. <laughs> Let's puke going down the slide for free. <laughs> it is sad yeah, watching the uh, the videos closer to closing, like the 2015 to 17. No era line. and there's like no lines. There's lines. Like yeah. Aladdin. No. There's like one person. Okay, yeah, there. one person lined up to go on a machine that cost two hundred fifty thousand dollars, <laughs> and it's like, oh my gosh. Yeah, that is do you think that the concept could ever come back and work? I, well, I, I think almost, you just do attractions I, now. Like I they originally well, planned. No, well, either that or I think you like open up like an internal game studio called like Disney Quest or something, and you make Man. like Oculus Quest games. Disney has always struggled with it. As they are dominated in every form of multimedia except for video. Isn't games. that weird? They've, they've never quite yeah, cracked it. Like, come on, just let me play the Aladdin thing at home. I've got a headset. Yeah, yeah. you do wonder. Like, there's, I, I want to like, ride the comics again. I almost guarantee there's no way that code is anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> that is good. I remember ride the comics. It did have that moment where it's like you, you co-opt with somebody. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and we would always be like agreed, like, okay, we're going to draw a figure eight. And that's how we'll know. Because you know who you were with. Oh yeah, because they were you know yeah you're right because they were yeah. three other people and the thing was so we agreed to shape figure eights so that's how we know we were teamed up I think like we like each picked a Galaxy number brains yeah <laughs> clever that we were geniuses <laughs> all right guys all right shall we wrap it up yes, yes well AJ you're fun. next up what are we doing next well time? if if timing has worked out you probably hear a particular theme song playing on the alto saxophone right now oh, in yes, the it's background it's always been our outro and this is the time to do it. For it is the terror that flaps in the night. It is the sticky chewing gum on the shoe of evil. It is Darkwing Duck time, everybody. All right. Oh, whoa. Our second, our second uh, Disney afternoon show. We we were just talking about Disney afternoon. We had uh, Mighty Ducks. Yeah. The so other we, duck we had a fan even request more show. Disney afternoon shows. Here it yeah. comes, baby. The Darkwing Duck was my favorite as a kid. I, I loved like the, the whole kind of. Dark, gritty, but still very cartoony and funny. We just said Rocketeer, which was inspired by some of that, like the spirit and whatnot. This is pretty mm-hmm. kind of similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so I'm going to dive into some of the production history, the inspirations. Why was Launchpad there? Because <laughs> why, was <laughs> why was he? I don't know. He's I just there. Then you know, eventually Gizmo Duck shows up in the show, and kind of what they did with the property post of the show. That you know, they, it, it didn't die with the show. He's been around. He's still super popular. Mm-hmm. You know, because all the kids who grew up with it are. Us. Yeah, us now, so, and maybe you listening. So be sure to check that out. Um, what are we going to do for a bonus episode this month? I don't know. What what do? I mean, oh, I got an idea. I just, yeah, let's do, did we do it? Have we done Disney Arcades? I thought we talked about oh, the Fiesta Fun idea. Zone maybe at we some did point. We had to have brought it up. I'm sure we, we, we could put together a nice Disney Arcades we'll bonus episode. We'll work on that. And uh, yeah, again, thanks for two phenomenal years. Here's the two more, and then two more after that, and et cetera, et cetera. Woo, woo. And uh, until next time, guys, if you want to check us out, please go to 90sdisney.com where you can find past, present, and future episodes of the show. Follow us on social media like Facebook and Twitter. And feel free to shoot us an email at 90sdisneypodcast at gmail.com. And until then, thanks for listening, everybody. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye.